podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everybody, welcome back to the Gallagher Shots podcast and YouTube channel, and welcome back to Canny Chatter. Yes, you heard it right, we got a second episode, we're keeping the name Canny Chatter, even though Chris doesn't really like it, it's sticking, we all like it, so we're keeping it here. It's, it's what the people know it as as well. It is, it's what everyone now knows it as, and I think Roger's referred it to as a few times on Extra Time, and it's been talked about on other podcasts as well. Um... I'm Scott, I'm your host for this one, and in case you didn't realise, that was Ian's voice. I'm joined by Ian tonight. Uh, I'm also joined by Harry and Joe, just like last week. And we're going to try not to run as long as last time, uh, but we'll try and keep it to an hour, an hour and ten minutes if we can. Uh, and we're just going to, just like last week, chat a little bit of cod shit about some things to do with Newcastle, some things not to do with Newcastle. And maybe we'll end with a topic that's about football, but not really to do with anything other than just football. Um, I'm going to start with a, a little icebreaker, just to just to set the mood for everybody. And, and lads, I'm going to put it to you all. Um, has anybody been watching anything good on telly recently? Has anybody played any good games recently? Or has anybody been listening to some good music that they'd like to share with the group and share with the good people at home? Um, Ian, I think you said you had something to begin with. So let's start with you. I do, right? So, and it's a, it's a little bit of a gripe, and I don't want to start off on a negative footing, but it, I'm going to. So, Netflix, you know how they have the, like, the top 10? Like, obviously, they have the, the different genres, and then they have the top 10, what's trending. Yep. So, like, me and Sophie put a film on, and it was, I think one was rated two, one was rated three. So, I was like, oh, and it, it was like a, almost like a thriller kind of thing. My, my kind of, my kind of films. Watch them collectively. It's four and a half hours of me life that I'm not getting back. So if anyone wants to avoid it, don't watch. I think it was called The Strays. Don't bother. Um, and the other one was The Clove Hitch Killer. Again, don't bother. Um, oh. How how they've ended up in the top two, I don't know. But it was just it was a waste waste of time. Um, and then so I ended up watching Scream because Scream's on, and then went to see Scream Six. Um, that's really good. I'd I'd advise to go and watch that. It's quite good. Um, but yeah, don't bother with the other two. It's uh, like I just, it, it baffled us how the they're in the top ten. So yeah, is that Scream Six? As in, we've made six movies and we're now on the on the sixth Scream. Is that is that why they're calling it that, or is it like some like Fast and Furious where they decided to just change like from numbers to hieroglyphics and to Roman numerals and whatever? Like, why is the six screen movies? I, I don't get that. Like, didn't they kill the guy in one of the earlier ones? But then, because it's a, like a serial killer, you've got copycats and stuff. Ah, okay. um, no spoilers, by the way. I mean, it was released in the 90s, so if you haven't seen Scream by now, that's your fault, I think, for the first one or two. Um, yeah, was it? So it was good, was it? Really good. Um, for a screen film? Yeah, and for, not just, just for any film in general, really. Um, like I'm, I'm a bit of a like a loser, and I like to try and like guess who's who the person is or who's done it. Um, and I was right, wait, kind of right. 
But yeah, if anyone wants to, you weren't right. <laughs> well, no, I was like, because no, because right. So there's 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 different layers to me being right. But if anyone's listening and wants to go and watch it, I don't want to spoil it because it's oh, yeah, no, no spoilers. No there's spoilers. a there's there's a big twist. But I was I was mostly right. Mm-hmm. So if anyone if anyone watches it and then just wants to chat about it. And you can somehow. I'm assuming you, you might have my Twitter handle or whatever, but yeah. They could always become a member and chat about it with you in the Telegram group. Great segue. How's that for a, a, a tenuous link to our membership program? Um, yeah, I've... What did we... Me and Stacey just finished the second season of Slow Horses. If you haven't seen that, it's very good. It's on Apple TV, so not a lot of people know about it, but if you've got an iPhone, you get a year free. So get your year free and go on that and watch Slow Horses. It's Gary Oldman, and they're basically there, like, reject CIA or MI5 agents, and they get put in this, like, house, and then they get enthralled and entangled in all sorts of uh, hilarity. Well, it's not hilarity. It's, it's quite a serious show, but uh, it's good. Uh, Gary Oldman is very, very good in it. Um, highly recommend you check that out. And then music-wise... I think I'm behind the curve on this, and this is going to make me sound really old, but I've been listening to the three Fred Again um, albums, or whatever they're called. He did three albums through lockdown. Outstanding. Uh, somebody used to go to raves quite a lot as a youngster. Uh, it's reignited my my uh, my Kindle for, um, for like, just dance music in, in general. So I've been on a bit of a dance music trip, which, for someone who's a hip-hop head, like I mentioned last week, is a bit, bit different. But... Uh, yeah, Fred again. If you haven't listened to them, I think they're called Afterlife One, Two, and Three. They're very, very good. Um, he's a very talented young man. Mm. If it's not on smooth radio, you've lost me, quite frankly. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's on radio at all. That's that's the one thing over here because I think we were just talking off air about Harry was like, "Oh, how do you know UK adverts?" Because I do watch some UK TV, the radio and music. I we don't get UK music over here. Like you'd think, you know, like you get like. Obviously, we get Adele and we get Ed Sheeran because they are worldwide superstars, right? But we don't get, well, I can't even tell you the name of anyone. Like, I'm trying to think of someone when I was, like Little Mix, for example, right? Nobody in Amsterdam really knows who Little Mix is because they don't play them on the radio. It's because it's in English. They don't really listen to English music that much unless it's from a an international superstar, which is starting to ramble a bit here, and this isn't a recommendation, but yeah, so we, so for music-wise, I have to go off what Apple Music recommends me or what YouTube thinks I might like, and so for some reason, YouTube put this guy, Fred, again in his me, in me, in me feed, and uh, yeah, listened to it and thought it was pretty good, so I'll recommend that for anyone who is looking for something that, it's dance music, but it's not like, you know, you don't need to go out on clubbing on pills or anything to enjoy it, it's, it's, it's nice. <laughs> It's nice dance music. That's not my genre. I, I'm not a fan of, of that dance music and stuff. I mean, I've just been listening to, I mean, they've been out forever and you can listen to any single one, but any Hans Zimmer soundtrack, complete, different down, a completely different alleyway, but wow. the most sensational bloke. I did not have you pegged for a classical music fan. Well, I hope you wouldn't have us pegged, like, to be fair, but they, um, we were watching Hans Zimmer a year ago um, in Dublin, and that was the greatest time of life, anyway. Because if you like, listen to the first one, I love Guinness. So Guinness and Hans Zimmer was the most outraged experience anyone could have. Um, sensational. Anything you'll have heard his music before. If you haven't, just give it a listen. Study music; it's really good for studying. Any Interstellar, 
Um, anything from the interstellar soundtrack, unbelievable for studying. Um, and just to throw it down another alleyway, which is probably quite basic, watch The Last of Us, because that's sensational oh, yeah. as well. Absolutely. Episode three of The Last of Us is one of the best 40 minutes of television you will ever watch. And you can watch it without knowing anything else about The Last of Us. I thought they were quite bold doing that, going on a complete yep. tangent, just three episodes in, but it works so yeah. well, doesn't it? As a one-off yeah, episode. It, it's, it's, it's outstandingly good. My girlfriend was worried. My girlfriend was worried because she was like, oh, zombies and I don't want to watch that. And mm. honestly, I've probably in the whole thing, uh, uh, you probably only get five zombie scenes that I can really recall, if that. A lot of it's all just about the story. So if you like story, give it a watch. And there's not really that scary if you're, if you're a bit that way inclined and you're not a fan of jump scares and stuff because I don't think you get any. No, I, I don't think there's a jump scare. I haven't watched all of it. I'm only five in, I think, so I've, I've got a bit of catching up to do. Um, but have you? did you play the game, Harry? Uh, a long time ago. A, a mm. long time ago, like. But no, I, I definitely need to um, play it again. I've just downloaded the PS5 version because I want to play it to, like after seeing that and kind of compare the two a little bit. Nice. nice. Yep, yeah, uh, The Last of Us is very, very good. If you haven't watched that, I'd recommend it. Right, yeah, let's move on to topics more to do with Newcastle United. And this week, we're going to be talking about kit. Um, we've got two topics coming up, uh, but the first one is about kit manufacturers. And what would you like to see um, in a future kit supplier? And who would you like that to be? So I'm going to direct, I think, Ian, this was your question in the, thing, in the, uh, the little shared uh, notes that we've got. So I'll put this to you first, mate. Um, kit suppliers. Are we? Do you? Are you wanting just the? You know, everyone has Adidas or Nike, or do you want something a bit different? Um, if you had asked us this question maybe five years ago, I probably would have went with Adidas and Nike because obviously they're the the big manufacturers. That um, I'm I'm not sure how it works. I'm I'm fairly certain, like the likes of Nike and, and Adidas might have to like want to to make your kits um i don't like you know how a sponsor pays to I'm, I'm think it's the same i can't remember but um i just feel adidas and nike these days are very much just temp like templates they're just like a cut and paste yeah. change colors um don't get us wrong the obviously growing up you had adidas and it was oh, the majority of adidas kits when you castle have been iconic um with with we're having black and white stripes as well, it's hard to do something different. Um, but particularly some of the away kits and obviously the 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 keeper kit from Adidas has been iconic. So it would be nice to to kind of go back to that. Um, but I just feel like it would have to be something unique rather than like like I say a copy and paste. So into yeah. like me, my ideal like my ideal kit is striped sleeves, and I like the same amount of black and white. I don't like white with like big broad black stripes or vice versa. There's been a couple of kits where they've tried something different where they've had like that big black just patch on the chest. There was that one that the big one, V wasn't there, yeah. Yeah. The one that um Remy Cabella. The, yeah the Remy Cabella one. Um there was the the relegation one which I wasn't a fan of but then I think it was best he put in the group chat he changed the the sponsor to the brown ale and it did look a bit better. Um, the one with like the blue stripes going through. Um, I don't like blue. I don't like blue at all. You don't like the blue? 
No, I've never. I, 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 it depends how it's used. I think it's, I don't like going across the stripes. Yes, it was something oh, different. Definitely not. It was shite. But I just don't. I'm not a fan. I'm not. I'm definitely not a fan of the light blue. If we've got a dark blue, I like, like it on a royal blue. Yeah, like, yeah. Light but like, blue. like this, this season's kit, I I would absolutely love if the castor was darker, or if the castor was I don't know what stripe it's on, but if the castor was 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 black or white. Um, depends mm. how the blue's done. I don't want it overpowering. I don't want it screaming in my face. I just don't like the baby blue. Royal blue, yes. Baby blue, no, thank you. I feel like it's part of the colour palette, though, isn't it? Yeah, you've got like the, you've got like the the blue part of the sort of the mm. band that has Newcastle United in it. There's gold as well, and I absolutely love that. Especially with I think we had hooped socks. Um, we did when we the the second time. I absolutely loved that. Um, the V neck had a V neck though. Say I don't mind v uh, It depends. It depends. v can be done or well. Nah, just minds the Gav's Geordie show. Well, hang on. Yeah, but then you're starting to get into Y-neck territory and that's when it starts getting a little bit ugh. But V-necks can be, can be nice if they're, um, if they're subtle. For me, I think with, when it, with black and white stripes, it's very, very easy to make it too busy and um, to, yeah, like, make it too garish. Uh, I just feel like there's too much going on in front of you. So really, with I mean black and white stripes for me, I think black stripe in the middle for a start. Yeah, always. And to me, I think it needs to be predominantly black. So black with white stripes, not white with black stripes. Which it's black and white, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I know. But I, I was saying my preference. I prefer predominantly black. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, that's what I'm saying. No, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's black and white. It's not white and black. And if you look at a magpie, for example, it's more black. It's more black on a, on a magpie than there is white. Now. Well, yeah, in terms of decals, yes, I think when you look at our um, our crest, gold and blue are the predominant sort of third and fourth colours, and you can't go wrong with black and gold. I think that is the absolute, like, pop-tier colour combination that you can get. Mm-hmm. Now, if anyone follows any UFC concept kits on Twitter, uh, they'll know, they'll have probably have seen some of, the, some of the kits that they've put out, especially some of the recent ones. They look absolutely phenomenal. I know that we've had a few recent kits that were black and gold. Um, obviously, last season's away kit, you had the blackout kits that Puma did, which had the gold uh, fun A8, and I'm pretty sure the Newcastle badge was gold as well. Um, and yeah, there's been one or two in the past as well, but I just think that's an absolute sick colour combination. Are they overdone? Are they overdone, though? Mm-hmm. I think if you everyone knows it's such a good colour combination, so it, it is done quite a lot. Like If you look back, I mean, don't get us wrong, I wasn't alive for the elite kits in the 90s. But if you look back at our away kits then, and I know a lot of the kits were out of, like fully out there, the keeper kits especially, but I feel like everyone goes back now to the kits that were out there that were a bit outrageous, that were completely different. So you don't want us to kind of just have a kit where we look back and go, ah, but it did look like Arsenal's, it did look like da 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 And then you want something that stands out again, like exactly like that, like you're saying there about the NUFC concept kits. Uh, I can't remember if it was them that shared it, but I'm not a massive fan of the green and orange away kit from, was it 97? 97, 98. Oh, with the stripe down the left-hand side. Of the yeah, it, side, yeah. Off, off-centre brown ale. They'd modernised it, and it was absolutely beautiful. Well, yeah, and this is the thing. And this is the thing with black and white home kits. The, the slightly annoying thing is, is that you've got to be a little bit out there when it comes to away and third kits to make it yeah. stand out. I mean, this season, bloody hell, Kessel dropped a bollock. Uh, 
making a, th- a th- one of the kits white with obviously little tints of green, then the other one a dark blue, which obviously we saw against Brighton, had a massive uh, color clash. And what did they do? They decided to use one of the blue training kits. Uh, however, yeah. So, but things like I mean, if they had if they had like a green kit that was almost like a forest green or like an olive green or something that could work quite well, or a Saudi green, or so well, you know, whatever <laughs> you could call Saudi green. Um, but we have, I mean, the thing of thing of as well the maroon and blue hoops as well. I mean, yeah. obviously Puma did that back in uh, twenty eighteen nineteen. That was an absolute hit. There is no reason why that shouldn't come back again in some form, or maybe even using those same colours just in a slightly different format. We have a lot of, uh, I mean, well, actually, as well, another great kit I think that they are well overdue uh, remodelling is the McEwen's green and blue kit. They did have that weird half and half one back in like. Ha- that half and half one was awful. Yeah, absolutely disgusting. Oh, to be fair, I'm trying to think like, of any memorable moments in that kit. I think Perez might have scored a score. Perez, Perez is West Brom, where he back healed it. And Sammy Amiobi just after half time against Spurs. That's right, yeah. But I think those colours, you can do a lot with that. And yeah, there's a lot of options. I just, I'm not a big fan of when they try and go like ridiculously out there with some like the bubblegum style colours. Like there was the, um, I know this, I know this was quite a popular one, but the purple one that St. Maximin. With the, like, it was like a luminous it. yellow sponsor. Yes. It was like that purple one. and black. Wilson's first season, I think. Uh, yeah. What well, I mean, like 1920? I think not a big fan of that, and like the, the orange one as well. Saint Maximus first season, I think it was as well. The orange one. I like the idea of it of the the Saint James's Park. It was the it was the what Macaulay. The roof wasn't it at the Leeses end, yeah. But it was yeah. the roof, and I think I think it's a fantastic idea to incorporate something like that into a kiss, like we see with the sunset and the map that's on the on the Saudi one. Apparently, was it. Is it this season or last season that they also incorporated part of St. James's into the kit? But they didn't tell you what it was, and you kind of figure out, is it the sleeves of the blue kit? Yeah. The, those sleeves, the, the gold sleeves of the blue kit, apparently represent something. To do with St. James's. They haven't told you what it is, and you kind of figure it out. It's the gold lines, isn't it? It's the gold lines yeah, yeah. Gold, uh, up, up the side of the sleeve. Mm. I, for the life of me, can't work it out. Marketing's having a stretch assignment there. In you mentioned about Adidas there, and I know a lot of fans want us to go back to Adidas, and I think the main reason for that would be just the opportunity to bring back some of the retro kits as mm. either reimagined away kits or as like one-off classic kits, like kind of what what Castor did last season with the uh, the the black and white um, three stripe kit. Um, that they did. Do you think that's the only reason? Because, like you said, Adidas's quality hasn't isn't what it was. I think Bestie was talking about this in a group chat where he's just like he's bought a couple of the recent World Cup tops and the quality is shambolic. Um, is that really the only reason that people want Adidas? Do you think, or do you think people are actually generally want them for their designs? I think it's it's probably part of nostalgia um, to sort of go back to to. What people class as the glory days, obviously the entertainers kit under Kevin Keegan, etc. Um, even to be honest, even Nike kits. So me, yeah. me barber down here is a, is a Sunderland fan, and what on about? Because I was on about the Castor and how 
like there's so many manufacturer like uh, faults and stuff like our badges on upside down and stuff. And he said like because I think Sunderland are made by Nike this season, and he said just the quality is it's, it's horrendous. It's not like what it used to be. Um, I, I did like so just to touch on Adidas kits. The one that I really liked uh, was the the first season in the championship. So I think it was the last ever Adidas kit. Like just little things, like in the I think in the bottom, the bottom like the bottom stripes, uh, black stripes that had like the the seahorses almost like embellished in into the stripes. Um, I think the top of it had like the that little scroll with Newcastle United, like little touches mm-hmm. like that. I think are absolutely great. Um, similar to the similar to the I think the ninety eight ninety nine one where everything's centralised, where it's got the. I think it's got like the badge and or the seahorses emblazoned into it. Um, stuff like that would be great. But like I say, I just don't want want a kit that just is basically Juventus's. Um, but mm. even then, like when I've looked the last couple of seasons at Juventus's kits with Adidas, they're they're not very nice. Like if that was a if that was a Newcastle kit, I'd be very disappointed. And just going, they've played with the stripes a bit, haven't they? Yeah, like like almost like pixelated, and then like palaces this season, and I think I think they copied it off. I think it was a Serbian or a like a Croatian team or something where it's like the scribbles, like just mm. just keep it plain black and white, like nice, like I just want a nice smart home kit. But we need that though. We need that. I feel though, because if you think of Crystal Palace, they've done a lot of stuff with the kit. They're not yeah. known as these kind of I don't know what color that is. What color is that? Is that maroon or something that they wear? Red. It's red and blue. Something like that, like red and blue. So I, I think they've done so much of that. They used to wear half and half a lot that I remember and, and things like that. But we have always been striped. So because in defence of Adidas, I've got to say I'm a big fan of how they've um, operated with Arsenal since they've come back after taking over from Puma. Yeah. I thought the, I thought, I thought honestly, this season's kit, and I know it's a bit of a template, the same as Man United's, but I think I really like it. I like the collar as well. Well, I think the first was it the first um, season that they had with Arsenal. I thought that kit was absolutely loved. They had a black kit in there, which was outstanding. Oh, with the gun on it, with the, it, was, yeah. it was with the gun on it. Oh, that was absolutely glorious. Yeah, I mean we've spoke, yeah, and we we've mentioned some of the retro Rangers, but if you look at what they've done for some of the Arsenal gear, it's bloody lush. It's all to do with your level, though, isn't it? It's all to do with your level. Yeah. We're talking there about yeah. the quality of Nike and Adidas. Now, it all, I don't know how it works exactly, because I'm sure we get a percentage of money because we're representing their man, like the product on, on our kits, but then we're also paying them to give us a service. But if you look at Arsenal, for example, so I know this year we've been quite frustrated by the emails that we get when it's like, oh, look at our new matchwear, look at our new training wear, look at this. There's nothing... They are nice and they're quite pretty and dainty and whatever, but there's nothing that makes you go, oh, that's glorious, that. Then you look what Arsenal have had this season. Now, they must, I'm sure within the kit industry, there's brackets of where you yeah. are in that table. So Sunderland, for example, you can go on a sports direct and buy their kit without the Sunderland badge on it and without the sponsor on it because it's a template Aye. that Nike use for everyone. It's one that you use for Sunday League. And, but with Arsenal, they have something that's authentic, and they've had someone that's. Good. What is it? Is it bespoke? Is that is that the the phrase? Like a bespoke design? Yeah, it's unique. It's unique to them. And like when they brought out the Jamaican, uh, I can't remember what they brought that out for. But the the they brought out the Jamaican um, warming up um, 
range and that was fantastic the transport for london i'm not a massive train geek or anything like that but yeah. i thought that's class just a little nod a good touch, imagine yeah. us walking around imagine us walking around with like metro seats unbelievable man like it would be class like, it's just little things like that where where people would get it it's sensational like and I, I hope we get i hope we get this trend adidas do well with ajax as well a lot of the ajax stuff um they did the bob morley three little birds kit last season was that banned though that was banned in the in european football i think wasn't it or something like that i think i think that was the training gear maybe because the training gear was full on. The all they did with the the three little birds kit, they had three little birds on the collar, and the stripes were the Jamaican flag colours, and it was a black mm-hmm. away kit. Apparently, it's very very hard to get hold of now, and they they sell for absolute fortunes because they're really uh, highly sought of. Um, it's a really nice kit, but that's Adidas. They do really well with Ajax. Yeah. Um, well, they've also just released the. So they have also just released the kits for the Women's World Cup. And a lot of them are Adidas, and they are phenomenal. They are really good. The only thing I don't like about the new Adidas kits, and I've seen that in the oh, the World Cup, not the Euros. It was like World Cup last last year. Was it last year? The World Cup, yeah, twenty two. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the the new Adidas badge doesn't have the word Adidas written underneath yeah, it. I like I, it. See, I don't like that. One or the other. One or the other. You can. I, I, I think it, I I agree with Joe. I know what you're saying, Ian. But I love we love the entertainers kit because it just says Adidas. I think that looks so nice where it just says Adidas and it's not the three stripes. So if they could do one or the other, or like say if we we are, I mean, I hope we get Adidas. I wouldn't mind Tomo, but if we get Adidas, maybe change it up a bit, change their brand slightly, and maybe because I know Nike didn't Nike. Uh, they've just bought one out for. Oh, I can't think of the team off my head. I think it's a Swedish team, but they uh, just said it's like the tick, but with like the retro Nike logo above it. And I think it looks sensational. Like what what PSG used to have on the kit back in in the nineties, mm. like it, it looks beautiful. Like just little nods. That's all we need. I think as a fan base, I think we're massive. I feel like our retro kits are so overpriced, but for a reason because they're beautiful and everyone's quite nostalgic about those times. So if we had anyone that comes in and goes, you know what? Why don't we just give them what they want? And hopefully. I know that uh, fan engagement things just came out. We can have yeah. a bit of a say. Because you mm. see what that can produce. There was yeah. a Brazilian team that produced a kit that the fans made. They, were, they went with shortlist. Loads of fans sent in ideas of kits. Went with shortlist. And it now narrowed it down. And they came out with a fantastic kit that represents the city. Yes, black and white represents our city. But we want something with a bit more of a personal touch where we can wear it and know what it's about. And people have to ask questions probably. Yeah, you, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Hummel there, Harry. Um, are there any other brands yeah. that anyone would want to see as a potential kit manufacturer? Um, you, you know what it is, Umbro. So I know it's not like a, a big fancy like like pop like pop like fashionable brand like what Nike and Adidas, but um, like Umbro kits, I think because I like just like the classic. Like me and my dad always talk about like for instance Tottenham's kit this season or might have been last season where it looks literally like an oil spill like me dad he absolutely flips his lids when he sees anything stupid and daft like that i just like like nice clean cut kits and i think especially striped kit umbro i think are the only thing that i'm just gonna like completely argue against the point i just made is bournemouth's kit this season is horrendous but in general just the play yeah just like the plain stripe Mm. Uh, playing stripes, I think you, you kind of go wrong. But like I said, I think where the club wants to be, 
it's probably they'll, they'll want either Nike or Adidas because they're like the, the giant global brands. And whoever paints the seats, whoever paints the seats, if Adidas come in and go, we'll paint your seats, but we'll put the Adidas logo on it happily. Get involved, give us black and white seats, fuck the grey off and put Adidas wherever you want. Put Adidas in every player's sports direct was. I don't care if we have black and white seats. As long as we don't have red and blue seats, that would have been a problem. Well, that would have been <laughs> left field choice. Left field choice. I'm going to throw to you guys, Jordan. Yeah, I was, I was uh, Jordan. Jordan do some really nice kits for PSG, um, but also for me, um, I've got a pair of PSG Jordan fours. I'm a bit of a sneakerhead, uh, in case you didn't realise. Um, and they're outstandingly nice. They're not PSG colours. They're actually like a, it's like a maroon, but they're all white with a little tabs of maroon. I would absolutely kill. For a pair of Newcastle United Jordans, they'd be <laughs> outstanding. They'd be very hard to get. Like the PSG ones are very hard to get. But um, yeah, I'm with I'm with John. That I think PSG. The only thing I don't like about the PSG um, Jordan kits are the shorts because they've got the same style shorts as the basketball trim. They've got that the Jordan diamond thing mm-hmm. on them. Which mm-hmm. I know I've just said, I know I've just said no. I know I've just said no to Jordan, but I quite like the shorts. The shorts give it a bit of something. <laughs> but yeah, it's something different, isn't it? Don't get us wrong. The only reason I'm saying not, yeah, the reason I'm saying no to Jordan is because I don't want us to go down that route yet. I don't like because I feel like PSG went down the Jordan route and it was it was made a massive thing and it became a bit of a, a fashion thing. If I like Adidas can just come in and just give us what we want and it'll become a fashion thing because people will wear that. But like I think I think Jordan is associated with Liverpool anyway, aren't they? I feel like the the joke what what Harry was saying there the Jordan and PSG thing was like was like a fashion thing and I think like I I don't know how to put this but like you 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 don't want to be something that you're not like like people from Newcastle are like very much sort of working class like down to earth where I think if if you like go into stuff stuff like that it's sort of detracting from like what you are as a club and what the club actually re- represents. I think you're bang on. I think I know we're going to talk about the the um, fake kits and sorry to go yeah. into it now, but I think you're absolutely bang on with that because you, we, the, the amount of times where we'll have had a chat with anyone and we'll have gone, Craig, have you seen the price of this? Or it came out this year where it was like for a full Manchester United kit, it's £230 or whatever for like the short socks. And that's ridiculous. And say if we had someone come in and go, Oh, look at this Louis Vuitton X NUFC kit. I think 60, wait, probably 75%, I'd say, of fans would tell them where to go. I think it's daft. I think we're not down that route, and PSG probably went down that route because they know they can just make money from it because that's what they're very good at and that they've been in that business for, for a while to do that kind of stuff, haven't they? I mean, at the end of the day, it's whoever's going to give us the most amount of money. Right, this is it, yeah. People who are going to get it because we need as much as we possibly can. Yeah, I mean, Adidas, I'm pretty sure Red they gave Man United 75. No, sorry, Man United. Adidas gave Man United like 75 million a year or something. Whereas obviously we only have 5 million a year from Castor. Before we move on, I would like to throw in the curveball of keeping Castor long term. What What do you lads think? I mean, for me, I think I've actually, you know, quality control and delivery issues aside, I think they've actually been a pretty decent manufacturer. Yeah. And the fourth, the fourth um, 
shirt that they did last year, the retro shirt, I think is one of the most beautiful shirts of all time. The black gold kit, uh, black the black and gold kit uh, last season was gorgeous. I, I, the blue one this season, I really like. Um, yeah. I like the white one as well. And yeah, I'm not the biggest fan, but it's all yeah. Even this season's home kit, I think, is if it. I agree with Harry. I don't. I don't like the light blue. And if it, yeah, and if, if the Castor was a, even gold, and then it was a different sponsor, it would be genuinely a, a beautiful kit. Um, or, or can they change it? Can they change it up a little bit? I mean, I think Castor. What I've just said there is that they are growing, aren't they? We see them going into bigger brands. They've just signed in the F one with with the likes of McLaren, and they've got Rangers. They've got uh, Wolves, Villa, Spain. Germany, mm. Ireland's national team. Yeah, exactly. So who says that they can't develop and, and get to that level of, of producing kind of classics that people look back on and go, oh, that was a lush kit, that was a nice kit, because everyone starts from somewhere, don't they? But with Castor, my problems are, is I feel I don't like the colours of blue that they use. I don't like the colours of blue that they use. I don't like the logo, unless they were just to say Castor, or even just the wings. But I just oh, I, I think, think they look like magpies' wings. You know, the, when they were black and white last season, I thought they were like magpies' wings. I thought it was actually quite fit. Oh, with the white with the white lines going through. Yeah, yeah, like last season when when it was black, There's something like that, and with the white behind it. Yeah, you're right. To be fair, I just it's that baby blue because it matches with the funny eight. Thing yeah, is, we've yeah. had an entire bloody decade of a big light baby blue patch on our shirts, which couldn't be further from. Black and white, it's it's garish, it's disgusting, it just doesn't doesn't really work. I, I think next I'm really looking forward to next season's kits when we finally have a sponsor that isn't yeah. well, you know, fingers crossed that doesn't have that. Um if it is the likes of Saudi and that I mean you've seen the concept kits there, it the shirts just look so much more clean. And this is what I was saying when it comes to black and white shirts, it needs to be as, as, as relatively simple as possible, as, as clean and as smart as possible. And the sponsors can make or break that. Um, I think I think what they've done with changing the funny eight colours with the away shirt, like say the blue one for instance this season, it makes a hell of a lot of difference, and that's why it looks so much better than the home kit in my opinion, just because of the fact that it stand, it, you know, it doesn't stand out as much. It's individual letters. It's not one big block of plastic on the front of your shirt, which is what the home kit is. And I don't know why the home kit is that big. Blue yeah, I didn't realise that. The individual, and they have been on every away kit that we've had fun at eight, even going back to the um, yeah, Puma right. kits, because my maroon kit, the maroon and blue one, the Puma kit, the fun at eight's starting to peel off, because I used to use it for the gym and it just get washed all the time. Um, my problem with Castor, and it's it's only this season that I've noticed this, is that the, should we call them the normal kits, the the the, the cheaper version, not the pro version, the, the normal kit. We'll just call it the normal kit. They do not breathe at all. They're like wearing a bin bag. So I wore my home kit when I flew over to um to London for the final. And by the time I got into central London, bearing in mind it was the middle of February and it was freezing cold, I was sweating because the top just has no breathability in it at all. Mm. They just, they just, like I say, it's like wearing a shell suit jacket with nothing on underneath, or like I said, a bin bag. Um, that I find them a bit of a sweat box. Didn't have that issue last season, but I did have it this season. Um, obviously, 
we all know about the quality control issues. That that blue kit, yeah. the printing on that Newcastle crest is abysmal. Um, Even on the Castor, the thing that you think they'll be most proud of, the thing that you think they'll be most proud of, yeah. if you look at the stitching of the Castor, even that's shoddy sometimes. And I think it, it is surprising because surely they're in a position now or someone higher power within Castor, and you don't have to be daft to know this, are going to say, Newcastle are, are going to get big. Newcastle are going to be a name that kids are going to want their shirt maybe in America or wherever it may be. Let's just get it right because that's important for them as well. Because if, say if they leave us now, if they could, what um, Joe said before, sorry to take away from you, Scott, here, but if they if they were to say, right, we're going to give you X amount of money, we're going to give you bespoke kits, bespoke training, and we're going to hear what you want, but we're going to add our own little touch because that's fair enough. That's what makes yeah. a manufacturer unique. That's what makes them, like, puts them on the map. But if they were to do that, they could be massive for themselves. If they were to leave us now and all of us go, oh, the delivery was shocking, the quality was shocking, they up the price on their on like the Newcastle website, but then like other kits like Wolves and Rangers, their prices got lowered. It'll go down like in flames and we'll look back at it and go, crikey, do you remember Castor? Rather than, oh, Castor were kind of like while we had them. I mean, especially with international purchases. So as someone who can't walk into a shop and look at the kits and pick the best from a bad bunch, I get what I'm given when I order from the website. Aye. I don't have that opportunity to, to even return it because returning to Castor costs me 15 quid every time because it goes back to the UK. So I get what I'm given. And when the quality is that bad, you run a massive lottery of what am I going to get through the door when it eventually arrives. And let's be fair to them, they have got better with the delivery stuff. I think they moved to a warehouse and they let everyone know about that when you emailed them and if you finally got a reply, which also took a while. I think they've sorted that out. So I think next season that might be a lot better than what we've had this season. Um, I think maybe Castor bit off a bit too much and they can chew, taking on all these new clubs and taking on all these new brands with Aston Martin and all that sort of stuff. They just didn't have the facilities to meet the demand for every team. Um, you were getting people ordering Rangers kits and turning up with a Wolves kit and it was it was a nightmare. They've changed. I think hopefully they've changed yeah. for the better. Um but to go back on your point about quality Harry, I think the way it works, and I think I remember reading this was when Castor took us on, obviously Mike Ashley gave them the the um the club shop and everything else that goes around with that. I believe I remember reading somewhere that they basically give you a tier list, like you were saying, so you get like, do you want level one, which will just be basic design kits? you know, mm. average quality? Do you want level two, which will be, you know, maybe it's the same design kit, but the quality will be a bit better? Or do you want creme de la creme level three, premium kits, premium quality, but there'll be a bit more of a price on top of the kits? Now, because Mike Ashley gave Castor the, clubs, the club shop, he probably didn't care about the quality and the price of the kits because he was going to sell them in Sports Direct no matter what, um, and he'd sell them for whatever the retail price would be. So... I think if we kind of get rid of Castor, and I, it, it doesn't look like we're going to be able to, from what the rumours have been saying, we should at least look to see if we can get to the next tier of whatever they're offering, or up two tiers, whatever it is. Um, because like I say, the quality control has been pretty shocking for some things. I've been quite lucky. The only thing I've had, and I am actually was quite pleased about it, I got the training tops, the black training tops. I think they've been outstanding this year. By the way, the training kit's been really nice. 
Um, Even though there's been the, about seven different variations. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got the I got the long sleeve and the short sleeve version of the black one, which I believe is what the coaches all wear in that when when you see the photos. Um, the long sleeve one didn't come with a sponsor on the front, but the short sleeve one yeah. did, and I'm quite pleased with that. It's quite nice. I think that whole thing. I think that whole fiasco is hilarious. With the oh, it was like a lottery, wasn't it? What with the lack, with, with the lack yeah. of money? Yeah, at the start, if you it was people who pre-ordered the home shirt. It was an absolute fifty-fifty chance. Mine never turned up. I cancelled my order and got it from uh, JD Sports because yeah, it never turned up. Um, one thing I'll say on that, Ian, you mentioned the Irish team getting cast off. Did you? Yes. Know, and this is very strange. Did you notice the women's Irish top has a sponsor on it, and the men's I didn't. didn't? Now. I looked at that and thought, have they just got dodgy ones like what we did at the beginning where some have got sponsors and some don't? But then I thought, no, hang on, it's a national team. You don't see sponsors on national team tops. Maybe it's with women's football, it's different because of, you know, they need the funding and they haven't maybe it's got the government back. Ireland had three. Yeah, they did have three, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, they did. Opal, they had Opal before that. I think Ireland are, I think, to my knowledge, the only ever international team to have a sponsor. Mm. Um. So, but yeah, I think, like you say, I, I don't. To be honest, I don't mind Castor at all. Um. Obviously, there's been the the, the quality and stuff. I remember when I took the Litland to get the this year this season's home kit. Um. I went in uh, the club shop, and I say there was about twelve in in his size. There was about one that was that was you would have bought like. Newcastle was spelt misspelt on some of it. Some of the stitching around the sleeves into the neck was all, and then again going into Sports Direct, it was the exact same. So I must, I must have looked, and this is no other lie, about fifteen kits, and there was one that was passable. Like I would have said is passable, but like you say, it, it could just be a case of um, biting off more than good too, because they do the, I think they do England cricket now, is so yeah. they've got a, a, a lot. Um, but I think out of all, all of the kits. I think there's maybe two that I haven't really liked, but that's just personal preference. But like you say, this season the um, the the training kits have been absolutely lush. Well, in defence of Castorna, and it's a small defence, but what I will give them credit for is when they released the the fourth shirt, which was embroidered. Everyone was like, "That's fantastic! It's the first time in forever that we've had an embroidered uh, crest." Yeah. What we want. Please make that for the next home shirt. And to be fair to them, that's what they did for all the shirts. They, uh, they've, they've, you know, embroidered them. Yeah, fair enough. The quality control hasn't been great, and you can only hope that next next season it'll it'll have been sorted out. But um, you know what? I, I will give them credit at least that they did listen and they did that. I don't know how many other clubs in the Premier League have embroidered press um, on their regular replica shirts. So fair play to them. I'd like to put something quickly out there. Uh, away from the manufacturer itself and just about the Newcastle kits and stuff in general. There's two things, well, yeah, there's two things I want to mention. There's one thing I absolutely love and one thing I despise. The thing I love is the red numbers. The red numbers are glorious and I think they look fantastic because they pop and it also means we can have, I mean, you still can't really see them when you're in the ground like, but you you can still have the black and white stripes going down the back because of the red numbers. The reason I'm not a fan of the red numbers is because the blue sponsor and the blue on the kit. I feel like there's just a bit of a... Too, there's too much going on. Yeah. yeah, if you have all black and white and red numbers, happy days. So that's one thing I'd like to point out. The second thing I'd like to point out is get rid of blue training kits. Like, I 
I, I think they look tacky. I don't like the the blue kind of um, tight leggings that they wear. Yes, accents are blues, all right. I know they brought out the the stadium collection for Wembley when it had like the kind of geometric um, kind of neon blue design on. That was nice. I don't like the blue that they're using on the coaching gear, like the dusty blue. I know. I think I've had this conversation before with you, Scott. Um, I think you're quite a fan of that, but I'm not a fan. I, I don't like it. I don't know why it's, it's that kind of dull blue. It doesn't pop. It just looks dirty. So there's the two things I just like to pop pop out there just to see what you think because I just want to bring back black and white, bring it back, have it just as simple and back to normal as possible. Get your blue involved every now and then, but black and white is your, is your main feature training as well. Bring back the Keegan grill jackets. What <laughs> yes. I want. What I want. This is a message to Castor. Bring them back. Please. No, not Castor. Adidas. Whatever. I, well, we're still with, well, we're still with Castor, aren't we? You need, yeah, but you need the three. You need the three stripes down the shoulders. You need them looking slick. Yeah, improvise. I agree with you. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't like the blue training stuff. It does just look a bit. Nah. I want something that's they're training kids, man. They're training kids. Go bold. Yeah. I think um, to go back to the thing about the numbers. Obviously, if we do get into Europe, which is looking never so likely that we will. We will have to put a big square on the back of our top for the European games, so maybe. Do we though? I think for Champions League, you do. We'll bring the shield back. But maybe they'll just have a Champions League version of the kit where we only wear that with the the square on the back. But also think like that is if we are on that bottom tier of Castor, are they going to give us a new design just for the cup? Probably not. They're probably going to just bake it into the kit, and everyone will have it. Well, surely. Surely the club, if they can't get out of the deal, they would turn around to Castor and say, well, can we upgrade then for the time that we've got left? Well, that, yeah, that's that's what we were um, hoping, but it's a contract. You're probably just tied into whatever you've got for however long it is. So we'll, we'll see. It's not like your phone where you can be like, oh, can I trade it in early and get an upgrade to the new iPhone? Yeah. It does seem that way, doesn't it? Especially how hard it is for us to get out of the deal. Bearing in mind, I mean, we all know how much money we have. I don't know if that comes in to financial fair play, how much we spend on kits and uh, all that kind of stuff. I, do, I, I don't imagine it does. So it's that hard for us to even pull out of that because I think there'll be people within that team at Newcastle because we know we've got a great team behind us. There'll be people that will go from the area as well that go, God, my kids love the, the old retro stuff. They love this jacket. They love this shirt. They love how this was. They're not daft, and they'll know how to put things out for everyone to go out and buy it, and buying that, and buying that. So it's 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 a tough one, isn't it? Because if they kind of get out of that deal, then can we do anything with Castor until they actually do one? I suppose. I think you've got to look at it from Castor's point of view as well. If we get in the Champions League or in the UEFA Cup next season, they're going to want their badge. Mm. on that platform they they couldn't care less about how much money we're going to give them that's going to be worth so much more money than whatever we can buy them out as they want a cast oak we'll be the first one won't we now nah, by Leverkusen I, I was only thinking of in English uh, and so, so, Sevilla I think oh sorry English yeah, uh, yeah. So, well obviously you've got Rangers Rangers are in a European Cup aren't they yeah yeah yeah. obviously not English but Scottish but yeah well, it'll count we'll count them <laughs> That'd be why they don't want to get out. I think Funny at Eight took the payment because they could be pushed by the rules of the Premier League coming in where you can't have gambling. So they were like, yes. right, let's just cut our losses and let's go because there's another season of that apparently, but we, we bought them out. 
plus the Saudi right. thing of gambling. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think Castora is like, nah. We'll we'll happily yeah. pay you five million a year to be advertised on the worldwide stage of the Champions League or the UEFA Cup or whatever we're going to be in. Yeah, no, we're, we're not budging. Make we force we. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty certain if Newcastle got their heads together, they could probably get enough fan testimonials on how bad Castor have been for them to go to a court with Nick DeMarco and be like, well, you haven't delivered on what you're promising her. You've done this, 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 and this. All this has been bad. And get out of it if they really wanted to. But do they want that? Probably not. And then you release, you release three slices of bread on Twitter to tease Adidas. <laughs> Just with three slices of bread, like three strokes. Well, don't forget, don't forget there's already a Twitter account dedicated to bad Castor yeah. Well, Castor are now on Twitter as well. They have a customer service Twitter account now, yeah. Which, um, notice they've done that once they started getting a bit decent with things, is there's not getting pelters anymore. No, I was just going to ask before we go on to Snike Kit, I would like if everyone could quickly go through next season's away shirt, what colours you'd like to see? It's going to be green That's and right. white. I think it'll be green and white Thanks. or green and gold. Green, yeah, green, 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 and, green and yellow. Get a bit of uh, the Brazilian back, just for Bruno. Make him just, just show him that we love him. Just say it's for you, it's for you, Bruno. Like, don't tell him about the history of this shirt. Just go. We've made it for you because we love you so much. You you can't leave Bruno. And then yeah, and we'll name it like the Mateo strip or something. And then you'd be like, oh, I can't leave now. Obviously, Mateo being the name of his son. And Joel Linton just said they're going. Cheers, guys. I've got a Ben on the way as well. But thanks for that. Uh, I'm Brazilian too. <laughs> You'll get one next season. Right, that's what you get for drink driving, Joel Linton. You don't get the shirt, I you. Anyway. But he never fucking dives. Yeah, no. I, I, so just uh, before we move on about the colour of next season's kits, I was reading on footy headlines, who are normally spot on with their kit rumours, by the way. Great, them. The Newcastle away kit is going to be green. It's going to be Saudi green, or, or the third kit, whichever one it's going to be. This is what they're saying. Again, I'm just regurgitating information. But this is what got me excited, was the home kit is going to be a throwback to the home kit from 82. The 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 striped, striped sleeves, it's going to be a throwback to that. But, Harry, it's a V-neck, so sorry I know. you might not like that one. No. Um, but we'll see. I mean, again, they're just rumours. We don't know, but that's what footy headlines are saying, and they are pretty shit-hot when it comes to the As long as stuff. it's thick, as long as it's a thick collar. So, do you know, I, I forgot what yeah. year, what was Shearer's last season? I know that is the worst question for Newcastle fan to ask. Was that 2007? 2006? 6, 7, I think. Six, seven, or it might yeah. have been 5, 6. That, that kit, that, that V-neck, yeah, that V-neck was awful because it was just flimsy and it was just mm. like, uh, it was just there. Uh, if you have it, an actual throwback to that kit, um, it's bloody gorgeous because it's just like, it's thick, it's there, and also the tapered sleeves. Just to add another thing on there about kits, you need to keep the sleeves tapered. Absolutely. Not blown in the wind. Cause that's what they do on Although, the noodle arms. The 125th year anniversary Puma kit. I don't know if anyone else is doing this, but my sleeves have all rolled up. It's just that both of them have rolled, and you can't, no matter how much ironing you do on them or whatever it is, they just will. So they're now just like rolled up a little bit, and you've got no chance. Um, mine's too small for me now. Oh, no. Puma mediums are. Oh, well, mine might be, actually, I haven't put mine on for a while, but mine was an extra large, <laughs> and I'm probably still an extra large. So, um, well, although that's one more thing. I go back to Castor, their sizing is atrocious. <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> just point that out. Um, I'm a two XL in Castor, and I'm not two XL in anything else that I, that I that I wear. And even sometimes then I'm pushing it a bit with the Castor top. But then didn't XL. you get the didn't you get the Pro kit where obviously they're like proper 
like yeah. spray on, and then it, it came and it was like a. T- and no wonder you couldn't breathe. To be fair, or was that just a normal replica one you had? No, no, that's a normal replica one. The the pro oh, kits right, are mint because okay. they're see through. They're, they're like paper. They're actually yeah, really nice. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I got the pro keeper tip keeper top when it was um on sale, and I was went on the website and they went go a size up from what you normally do for the pro kits because they're made smaller. Brilliant. So I went for three XL. And like Ian said, it's like a bloody tent. It's massive. It's not even, I wouldn't even say it's a size up from 2XL of a normal Castor top. So I don't know what's going on there. But um, yeah, it's actually behind Does it have the, on the inside, does it have the, um, so I've got a few match-worn Puma ones. So are they the ones with the, does it have like the sticky rubber inside it? So I've got one that has like sticky rubber inside of it. Um, I remember the Remy Cabela one, the CM Dion one with the V on it. That was like an Under Armour. That was like stuck to them, wasn't it? Um, mm. It's obviously just it's a shop. It was to stop um, shirt pulling. It was so they could stop getting hold of people's shirts so easily. But does it have anything on the inside, Scott? No, they're very stretchy. They've got the doesn't. little holes on the side. Stretchy. I mean, I'm sure I'm showing this off on camera, and this is an audio podcast. But they've got the holes on the side, which are just holes in the t-shirt. Like there's no mesh or anything or anything behind them. They're just literally holes in them. And obviously, it's a it's a um, uh, not a printed badge. It's a it's a stamp. So how long that'll last? But uh, yeah, it doesn't fit. And like I say, Castor wanted Castor wanted fifteen quid to send it back, and I only paid thirty for it. So I'm not spending half of the price of the top to ship it back. I'll just uh, I'll keep it for King's Day, which uh, I believe we play Everton on King's Day this year. So um, I'll be wearing orange, and I'll be wearing yeah, it's on a Thursday. Uh, I'll be wearing orange um, with me uh, orange cube account. Tucked into your pants. Tucked into my pants. Well, I'll try and bulk up by then and see if I can get, see if I can make it fit. That's never going to happen. Right, we'll move on. Um, we'll take it away from football in, in Newcastle uh, altogether um, and we'll go a little bit off piece like we did last week. And what I'd like to know from you boys is a life hack that you've tried that actually worked and that you're going to be implementing in your everyday life or whenever you need to use it you'll be using that life hack um i can see everybody thinking on the camera so i'll i'll start us off with one so you can have more time to think so i was at home recently i was over in newcastle for the peter k gig and i was also doing a thing with um with helios for something else you may have seen me on the videos for that and also i was supposed to be going to the wolves game but the bloody moved it to the sunday when i was flying home so i didn't do that but that's not the point of this story um when I'm at my mum's, she's got these uh, dressing gowns for me and Stacey to wear, just when we're plodding around the house so that we're not, you know, we don't have to get dressed to go downstairs and that sort of thing. So dressing gown, no worries. So you know the belt on a dressing gown, how you tie it up and it always comes loose because it's around your waist. So apparently what you're supposed to do with the belt on a dressing gown is not wrap it around your waist. You put it in as if you were putting it like towards you. So the back of the, the belt is on your belly. You put it through the loops and then you bring it back to the front and tie it there. So it's only tied around the front of your belly. Nothing goes around the back. And I've seen this on Instagram. I think I was, I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Tried it. I could have run a marathon in that. In that <laughs> well, I couldn't because I couldn't run a marathon. But I could have run for quite a distance in that dressing gown and it ain't coming loose like it is revolutionized the way I'm going to wear. Not that I wear many. I'll go give it a go. You've got to, you've got to give it a go. You've got to give it a go. So you take the belt out completely, feed it through the front instead of around the back, 
then bring it back to the front of itself, tie it, and it's it's the only thing. I had mine tied a bit tight because it was quite quite a big dressing gown. The pockets then tick in a bit, so if you use the pockets of a dressing gown, you're a bit screwed there. But uh, yeah, it's um it's like a security lock on a dressing gown. It just keeps it, um, keeps it locked, keeps your balls in place, keeps it locked, keeps everything, keeps your dignity. Um, and yeah, you can, like I say, you can climb ladders, you can run upstairs, <laughs> you can do whatever you want in your dressing gown. I don't know why you're climbing a ladder in your dressing gown, but uh, yeah. That was, that's my life hack. That's changed my life. And uh, whenever I'm wearing a dressing gown from now on, I will always tie them from the front. Mm. So there you go. I do have one. Um, I'm sure people people might already know, but there's a, there's a bit of a science behind it as well, which I'm a bit of a geek like that, so I like it. So um, I love pizzas, and I love takeaway pizzas. I don't like... Like Domino's and other fast food ones, and so obviously, I mean, to be honest, it's very seldom that I have leftovers. But on the off off chance that I do have a leftover, so heating pizzas up, I don't like putting it in the oven because it goes too crispy, and then I don't like putting it in the microwave because the crust crust goes like proper chewy and like like almost stale. So if you need to reheat your pizza. In an oven, if you put it, say, about 160 and get like a just like literally splash water around the crust and on, on the topping, um, it stops it going proper crispy. And, it, and then in the microwave, if you put a cup of water in the microwave with it, because it's something to do with the moisture it, and it, it keeps the, the crust nice and soft. So um, that was my life hack. It was a bit shit, really. But... That's all I could think of. I'll give it a go, though. I'll give it a go. You know when you get the Patax um, naan breads? And yeah. You put them in the oven, and they go mega crispy. If you run them under the tap, yeah. so they're actually sopping wet, and then put them in the oven, they'll be some of the best naan breads you'll ever eat. They're, they just fluff up. When you say run them under the tap, do you mean like actually like drench them under yeah, the yeah, tap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, not so that you're um, you know, blowing off all the herbs and all that, but like... Put the put the tap on like a, a a thin a thin floor, shall we say? You know how you get that like that that makes a lot of noise when it hits the the yeah, bottom of the sink. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And then just back and forth, front and back, straight in the oven. Bob's your uncle. You've got a class naan bread. God, we're spoil we're spoiling the listeners today with these life hacks. <laughs> I've got one. So I found out the other week, right? And it's quite ingenious. So if you're at any public event, right? And there's no toilets about. There's a great game you can play. Pissing about. It involves <laughs> involves a big shopping bag. And what <laughs> you do is you do your business, right? But the great thing is you don't have to carry it about anywhere, boys. Because what you do, you pass it to the next person. <laughs> I don't know about that. It's a big game. I never found that about from anyone. That it's a shame. I I saw it heard people that a few people had heard about it um and then a few of my mates that were with, I was with at the time um they were saying that they hadn't heard anything either we're looking around it's quite frustrating really so I will shout that out again quickly if anyone does have any information on that I still would like to know um cuz quite frustrating cuz it is I mean it was absolutely ranted like but hey ho I'll try to think of a life hack and this podcast is made me seem like I drink a lot of alcohol. I don't, by the way. But if you can get yourself on eBay or Etsy 
and get a bottle opener ring. Oh. I've been wearing my bottle opener ring because I used to work uh, behind a bar and it was just nice and easy there, nice and fast. Um, I did get in trouble at one point though, just because of hygiene and stuff, which I kind of under- I kind of understand. But so I wasn't allowed to do it anymore. But I kept it on, and it is sensational, absolutely sensational, especially for Trafalgar Square. I had a few, I took a few bottles, and it was just perfect for. There. I didn't have to do anything daft. I got it after I made a big mistake when I was uh, on an away trip to Villa. And um, do you want to do it on a curb on. or a wall? Oh, and yeah, I, I did it off a curb or a wall. And I'd done it, and I saw it come off, and I was like, oh, it's done. And then when I looked at my bottle, this was my first reaction. I was more disappointed in the fact that it was coming out the side of my bottle because I'd shattered my bottle, rather than the fact that there was glass hanging out my hand. And that's what was the, that was the, the worst part was losing my drink, especially when I've just been in the services. And if you know how expensive service alcohol is, then you'll get me, you'll get me problem there. Like, But yes, get yourself a bottle opener ring. Mine cost me for a pack of three different sizes. You get three different sizes. Uh, cost me twenty pence for the product itself, and cost me I think like one pound delivery from eBay, and that was a long time ago. But get yourself one because they are fantastic, and it looks like a normal ring as well. You can flip it round, and it just looks like a normal silver ring or whatever color you decide to go for. But I recommend silver. Don't go for coloured because then it'll get all scratchy and that when you're using it. Save your teeth as well because I'm sure Mark wanted it's either Mark or. Chris wanted their bottle open and no one had a bottle open and I used to use, use my teeth. Um, but every, everyone does. It doesn't bother me. Like, But everyone was like, oh, I don't do that. But uh, no, it doesn't oh. bother me. Knackers, man. Um, I did I, my only concern on... with the ring, the, the ring bottle opener is do you not risk t- having a Dan Burn incident? Oh. Where, it's, where it would snag and pull a finger off. Does it, is it? Well, no, because it's like, I mean, it's like this. It's like the same as just like a normal ring, though. It's like the same distance away from my finger as a normal ring would be. The pressure of opening the can, does that not snag in your finger? Opening the bottle, sorry. No, not really. Like, not really. It kind of just like you just sit it on and you just, you probably just heard me trying to open the bottle there. Um, but you just like put it on and then you just pull up and it doesn't go anywhere. The only okay. problem I did have when I was trying to be fast at work is if you're trying to be, obviously, if you're just trying to do it speedy and stuff, um, you can go down the, like your palm of the hand. You can go down your palm of your hand and cut it up with kind of the the bottle oh. top. But yeah, I, I stopped doing that because I'm now an experienced bottle opener with my finger. I did see um, a life hack. And, and you know that, so I can't even know what it was on. It was on something. But you know the little tiny like cubes of butter that you get in a restaurant, how they're not spreadable in the slightest. So what you do with that is you stab a fork in it yeah and then the like you flip it over so where where the paper unfolds and you just push your fingers in it and it like it comes out a bit like like miniature spaghetti but it's like because it's broken up it's much more spreadable and that that way you don't then like dig a chunk out of your bread roll so that that was quite a good one i haven't tried it i needed that and i I didn't Um, try that last night i made a cheese and onion crisp sandwich and uh, I ended up just making like dough balls because I was putting my butter on and it was just picking the bread up and just carrying it with it and just had are you, bread. Do you buy butter in those little square envelopes, Harry? Like, is that, is that, do you just buy like loads of them instead of like a block of butter? Well, no, no, in the, I would buy like a block of butter, but they come in the envelopes though, don't they? Yeah, no, but, but Ian's on about, you know, when you're in the services, you get the tiny little ones. Oh, that's a good point. I'd, I'd be wasting, I'd, I'd, have to go, I'd be wasting like what? 
500 grams of butter by just me mum and be like, eh, why is there loads of forks in the top of me butter? You also take the fork out, Harry. What? <laughs> also, apparently, <laughs> real real butter, you don't keep in the fridge. You're supposed to keep like on the yeah, side. We, and we, then... we keep it in a dish. I get called posh for that. I'm not posh. I promise I'm not posh. But we get called posh for having a butter dish. Yeah, I still have to microwave it, though. I had to microwave it last night. I do have one actually alcohol related. It's it's probably not. It's probably pretty obvious. Everyone probably knows it. But clear, um, clear alcohol like gin or whatever, you can put in the freezer and it won't freeze. It'll just get very very cold. Turn even syrupy a little bit, but it never freezes. So oh, if you look, yeah. you always yeah, put so, in the freezer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, vodka, gin, any of that. So if you want it very cold very quickly, whack it in the freezer, and even if you forget about it, it it does it. Yeah, the alcohol doesn't freeze. As long as it's not fizzy, um, don't put prosecco in. Don't put. Oh, I don't do that. No, well, yeah, I'm just gonna pop. I clear spirits only, but that works. Works well. I'm learning all sorts. Well, we do advise you if you are going to drink to drink responsibly um, and be of age. But if they're in the freezer, you'll be waiting anyway, and be of age. Yes. Um, we'll move on to our final topic, boys. It's back on the subject of kits. Um, and I think this one might, might, might have a few divided opinions on this, but uh, we're talking about fake shirts and your AliExpress and your DHgate specials. Um, are you for them or are you against them? And what are your reasons for that? So we'll come to Joe first. What are your thoughts on Snidey Kits? Well, I've got to preface this by saying I've got uh, my fair share of DHgate specials. However, um, I've got reasons both for and not having them. So reasons for are that kids these days are not cheap mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. I remember I remember even when I bought, I think it was like the 1718 uh, kit, and I, even, I think it was 45 quid at the time. And I was thinking, oh, that's expensive. And obviously now they're up to 65 plus quid. An extra 15, 20 quid if you want names on the back as well. Like, and if you are after two or three kits across the season, that's a hell of a lot of money to spend. One thing I will say about Castor is at least they're doing, they, they do a lot of deals and, you know, you can always pick up some of the kits on, you know, 30, 40, 50% off. But point being is that they're not cheap. And especially if you're someone with a family, you know, you've got kids who want the kits and everything. And that, when I say, if, you know, between 50, 60, 70 quid, that's just for the shirt. You have, yeah. If you're after the shorts, socks, anything like that, even for a for a kid's kit, it's a lot of money, and it's it's difficult to justify um, purchasing that, especially when you've got these companies who are providing kits. Let's be honest; at times, are indistinguishable from modern kits nowadays um, for a fraction of the price. So. That's why I think it's become very popular, especially over the last few years. In the the delivery time isn't even that long. You got like what two months sometimes less. That you probably quicker than Castor in some Quicker than Castor in some places. So uh, I absolutely do not blame people who go for these um, for these sort of snack kits. It's been it's you know it's happened for absolutely years. You know people like take photos of uh, shops in Turkey before yeah, kits have even, even been, been announced. Released. Yeah, and the end of that. Remember granny tits. <laughs> I do remember that. That was sensational. But um, yeah. And oh, and another reason for buying them as well. I mean, back during the Ashley days, a lot of people didn't want to give money to 
to the to the shop. They want to give money to the club. They wanted to support the team. They wanted the shirt. They like the look of the shirt, but you know they didn't want to support Ashley, and that's totally fair enough. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, though, I'm you know I'm, I'm looking at. I mean, I I now buy shirts from the club shop, and um, because I want to support the club again financially, I want to you know. Well, it's just one of those. Everyone everyone understands. Um, so yeah, it's one of those where there there are many reasons to go for the snag kits because a lot of them are actually pretty decent nowadays. Um, but there are reasons to you know obviously not. And ideally, you do want an authentic kit that's going to last you a long time. So that's my reasons. Um, I'll hand it over to yep. one of the other two lads to give those. Well, I think when it comes to snag kits for the current season. Yes, go for it. Like, I've got no problems with you buying, like, this season's kit on DHK or wherever you want to get it. Because, yeah, there's the argument that, you, you know, you take money away from the club, but it's very small. I think in the grand scheme of things, I think Castor probably get more money for the kits than we would do because they own the club shop and whatever. But I also am with you on the price of the kits. I mean, you say it's 60, 70 quid. For me, it's 96 euros for every top. Like that's a hundred quid a kit, right? Just for the top, and uh, the pro kits are one hundred and forty-five if you wanted to go down them. But like I say, like you said, Joe as well, Castor do do sales, and if you don't want them when they first come out, which unfortunately I can't resist, and I do order them, pre-order them, whatever. So I get them when they first come out and pay full whack. But uh, I'm all for it for this season. But what I don't agree with is the the replica classic tops, and I don't mean the. Are the four four two whatever it's called that the brand that they're actually selling that yeah the score all for them because they you can you know they haven't got the all the full badges on they're not the same quality whatever but it's the the replica Asics and the replica Adidas kits that we see coming on and again I've I really don't have much problem with them the only thing I have with them is they are collectors think pieces as someone who has a lot of original old kits and has a bit of a collection it kind of cheapens my collection a little mm. bit in terms of its not its value because i would never sell them but it just it's you know it's monetary just kind of status with me to be like well i can yeah. just go and buy a fake one and it won't but not be... even but not even just you sorry i was gonna say not even just you but you're also remembering it it's it's en- it's, en- it's, en- it's entering like or, or just the person that has the collector items yeah it's the danger of them entering circulation so yeah. you i'm sure a lot of you people follow the uh, fake shirt police on twitter uh, and, and and that kind of stuff. And now, there's things that go out, and I've seen like I'll I'll have to go through eBay every now and then. And I went through a period, and my friend definitely went through a period during COVID of kind of looking at some items to get and things like that because they weren't really expensive, and it was just mm-hmm. a fun thing to do during COVID. So you become a bit of a geek to be able to spot the outright things. Now, yeah, there's some that have came out, and I go. Uh, uh, oh no yeah that is fake but i do have to think about it yeah. there'll be some people that will just go oh wow look at that like 70 quid for for, like, for that kit or, or for that jumper uh, that's unbelievable like for the sunset kit like and all this and like mm-hmm. but they are fake and that's and, and that's the problem with it i think as well like obviously i know you talk about as an individual and the the money that you make kind of if you were to ever sell your collection or whatever and need sell a collection um, but it's also the fact of the people that are going to want to buy these and thinking the real, and then getting it and being disappointed by it. That's why you always buy with buyer protection. Well, that, that's that's the other reason that I don't agree with these because, like you've said, there's so many in circulation now, and there's so many people trying to scam other people, 
selling these fake kits as real ones when yeah for the majority of the time you can't tell but it's still you can go on dhgate and get the kit for 12 quid and then you're selling it for 50 quid to someone who doesn't know any better mm, yeah. like that's just yeah. pure shithousery it i mean like i said before i'm a sneakerhead right it happens in the sneaker industry a lot more than it is happening with the uh the football tops and people sell fake shoes for not even not only for retail price for resale overinflated you know six seven eight hundred quid but they're fake and there's companies set up now to check these shoes and they make sure they're real before they send them on to the people that are selling them to which is why i would only ever buy resale shoes through like a, a like StockX or goat or we have restocks over here which is a similar thing and i think ebay do it now where they get the shoe first they check it and then they ship it to you there's not really that in place for football shirts so that isn't going to be the case one thing i would say about getting this season's kit or the current season's kit and this is a you know a little word of advice for anyone looking to do it wait two months before the kits come out because if you see some of those first week fake kits, they are horrendous. They look, you can tell by, you know, a mile off that they are, they are fake. Like the badges aren't in the right places or the stripes aren't right. They don't have everything right. Because what you have to remember is a lot of these companies don't get their hands on that original kit. And that's what they need to make the replica. They'll get an original, they'll, you know, they'll de- uh, deconstruct it to the very fine detail then they'll remake it and then there'll be two or three revisions of it and then they'll they'll perfect it basically and then you won't be able to tell the difference between a real and a fake one um but yeah i think you know like joe said with families i've got no problems with anyone buying a current kit but anyone who's buying a fake kit to sell to somebody else at full price is a nub is just a pure it's an absolute yeah, shithouse move and if you have a season ticket you should have your season ticket taken off you if you get caught doing that because it's it's not right. You're ripping people off. You're ripping fans off. And then no people want these kits. That's the other thing. And there are there are Instagram pages that openly sell these fake kits at extortionate prices. And when you DM them and ask them, they don't say yes and they don't say no. So very ambiguous. If you're going to be upfront about it, then that's fine. Charge what you want, but tell people they're fake. Because not everyone knows about it's the, like the person that restores them. It's like the person that restores them as well, isn't it? He makes it very clear that this yeah. is an original sponsor. This is an original badge, but it is an Absolutely. original, like the fabric's original. Yeah. And I've restored it yeah. for you. That kind of thing. If you can just be honest and upfront, there's also a much better chance that your business is going to be better. I mean, I know you're doing, mm. you're still being an absolute bell end like, but there's more chance that people are going, well, wait, at least he was mm. honest. Yeah. Okay. I'll buy it yeah. off you. Yeah. But I just want to yeah. quickly bring it to what I think of that's all right. Yeah, so sure. DHgate and things like that, um I think is fantastic. I know we've already touched on family, so I won't touch on it too much. Um the only problem you've got really I suppose is because I know when I was younger a photo would come out and especially when I mean how old I can't remember how old I was when Remy Cabella was wearing that kit and but like with the V, I hate that kit now it's atrocious. But I remember when it came out, I was like, I need it, I need it. Because to me, I absolutely loved that bloke because he was just different. He was just like, he was like the Ben Arthur Regen, the two we all wanted back kind of thing, what we'd heard. I was like, I want that kit, I want that kit. And me doing that probably put pressure on my parents. to probably think, yeah. oh, well, can we fork out? I mean, they're nowhere near as much as they are now. I, this wasn't long ago. This was, what, 2014, 2013? But they were cheaper then than they are now. Um, so 
unless your kid can be patient and go, oh, well, we'll see what Santa brings, then do that. If not, like I know you said, wait two months, Scott, but depending on your kid's age, they're not going to know. They're not going to know. But I can't lie. I will go to a game and I'm I'm not, I'm really, 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 really not an arsehole, but I'll go, that's fake. And like someone will walk past like in some of the classic jumpers and the jackets and I'm, that's fake. Oh, look at that, that's fake. And I don't criticise the person because you don't know their situation. They, they might just love the design and they want it. Um, but you do just think, oh, that's fake kind of thing. And that's only for me, like I said, being bored during COVID and constantly looking through eBay and stuff. But um, in terms of, I suppose, money taken away from the club, I think you're right. I think if you can afford, if, depending on your situation, if you can afford the kit to buy from the club and you want it, buy it from the club because we now know that's going to go somewhere we want it to go. Right. Um, same way I said, same way I said um, in the last uh, candy chatter when I said about the food in the grounds, I see a lot more people drinking and eating uh, in, in the grounds a lot earlier, especially. Um, so if we can do that, yes, you might be on the side of the fence where you go, well, to them, it's, it's pennies, it's tuppence. Correct, it is. But if they were to bring out an absolute stonker of a kit and everyone goes, that is the nail on the head, it's going to get bought a lot and it's going to get bought from the club shop, hopefully, because people are going to want to get from the club shop. Because you also think, um, and this is something that goes in my head every now and then, I might want to pass some of my kits down to my kids. I might get to the point where I want to come back home and go in my loft and see what people do on Twitter at the yeah. minute and going, oh, look at this. Look at my suitcase I've just opened with all these kits in. Like, don't get us wrong. I've got some... Yeah, I've got some kits, like, and I think, yeah, they're never going to resell because they're absolutely rank because they're covered in Wonga. But I think, so, like, last year's kit, in a few years' time, that could go up. Do you know what I mean? Because that was, like, the season where the takeover happened this year. Like, yeah. trippier, like, it, 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 it was the big change. And if you want a kit that lasts, like you just said, then go to the club shop and, and just help the club out because it is, it's tuppence to what their value is. But in terms of financial fair play, it is the best thing we could possibly do for the club is try to put as much money in the club as possible. Just don't rip us off. That's one thing I say to the club as well. Don't now think, oh, well, I know they'll buy it and bring out all the things. Because the thing, matter of thing that Castor brought out this year is kind of wound me up a little bit because there's been no real difference in them. Going back to Arsenal, they brought out things that were different and people go, oh, I don't like that one, but I love that one. So if they can do something like that, where people are going to go and go, I want to buy that one or that one to, like talks to me the most and things like that, and do that. But yes, that's, that's my little rant over. Honestly, I could I could sit here on my own and talk about kits for ages. I'm not the most intelligent on kits at all. However, I just love them. They are beautiful. And also, sorry, another also, um, DHgate, something that I've seen previously done that I've actually been on DHgate to buy. So I know you're saying not the old kits that might be then resold and put in. I, I won't do that. But I am going to buy some because uh, I want to turn them into canvases. And I don't know if any of you have seen um, when they've been wrapped around like a blank kind of painting canvas. Yes, you have to put like stitches in them. Yes, your kit will be ruined. But it looks really nice. Like it, it adds and something to it. And it's only 12 quid. Exactly that. Yeah. Exactly that. And if you put a few holes in it, and even if you go wrong, it's not the end of the world, is it really? And it's also probably a nice little activity you can do for with your kids or whatever. Like if you if you if you want to set up his room and that, you can get him to help you and not just not hold the stable gun. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously the the legal aspect of the whole thing as well, where you do run the risk of ordering from DHK that your package will get seized when it enters the country. 
uh, if customs get a hold of it. Very, very unlikely, but it is a thing. You're it's buying happened. counterfeit goods. You will lose your package if it does get opened. Um, and obviously, there's other risk of it's coming all the way from China or, or Hong Kong or, or um, Thailand, I think some of the kits come from. You run the risk of it never turning up because it just gets lost because it'll not be priority mail. It'll be going on a freighter ship. It will get lost eventually. Um, so you run that risk. Obviously, you can't just nip to the shop and get it. Like like Harry said, if, if your kids want it uh, now, then you've you've also got that aspect of it. Um, Ian, do you have anything to share around the, the fake kit debate? Um, yeah, just to echo what, what they say, obviously, um, I've got Joey, who is absolutely football mad. Um, yep. But then when you look, even like kids' kits at the minute, it's like, I'm sure it's 50 quid just for the top and shorts. And now that is, as a, a single parent, that is a lot of money. So, yeah. and uh, to be, I don't want to go off on a tangent and be all high and mighty, but it's just, it's just life these days. It's consumerism, which is why you see so many kits. You've got obviously the home kit, the away kit, the third kit, the anniversary kit, that time bridge kit. There's five kits in one season. Then you've got the training range. Like, companies are clever they're not stupid they'll put all this out so kids will be like oh i want that i want that and then it's a it's it's just how society is that oh well you don't have this season's kit you're like you're you're not as good as us or whatever so we uh i bought um i bought them the home home top um and again like i say for, for 50 quid obviously for for kids of a certain age they're only going to be in it for like five minutes and then it'll yeah. be too small so I, I do i do like to try and get them at least one um so i got them the the home kit um to just to take them on holiday with um and then christmas time came around and he was he was wanting the the blue kit he was wanting them all so i've, I've got no problems going on on dhk the only thing that you you run the risk of is is the quality so i know we mentioned about buying cast all kits and and the quality's not great I think I put in the the group chat because the so I, I tried to get the blue one, yeah. Um, off DHK it came, and the little sort of collar where it's supposed to be gold, just only sort of say an inch inch or something. It was about four inches, so it was took up like the entire chest area, and then it, rather than a gold color, it was more like the Nick Pope orange goalkeeper color, and it, it even come with like. The, the color shorts and it was so you do run the risk of that and like you say it's not a case of you can just then take it back with your receipt it's a, it's a pain in the arse but like you say i mean that cost me what i think was all in all in terms of shipping i think it was about like 12 15 quid um so you, you do the run that risk but like i say it's a case of if it turns up and, and you can hardly notice the difference you've just saved yourself there 30 40 quid and especially like so me, me brother he's got two kids who are football mad, who want all the kits. And like, I, I just think at the minute, like, it's the same with, and I'm, I'm going to go off on a tangent, it's the same with like prices of tickets as well. Um, So like charging like 40, 50 quid for a, 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 like a ticket to go and watch the match. It's just like, it's it, sadly, it's it's taken away of what football was, which was the working man's game. It's it, but that's the way the world is, unfortunately. But that's a it's a different run for a different day. But I've got I've got no but like no problems with with buying sort of from DHK or anything like that. I'm very similar to Harry through sort of lockdown. And it, it, what 
it started piquing my interest in in sort of collecting them was the uh, the Battle of the Kits that the lads done. Yeah. Um, so I was on eBay, sort of every every payday, just like right, what one can I get now? And I type there's. I just want my favorites. I don't want them all. I just want the ones that are favorites, and then eventually I'll pass them down to Joey and and kits that I've had sort of previously from from just when I've bought them. But um, like you say, people that you just need to be careful. So for the the entertainers kit, like I was convinced that I was sold a, an absolute dud because it was quite cheap. But I think because it was a bit marked in the size it was, there was less demand. So. Um, it's it's not something that a lot of people would have wanted. Um, you just need to be careful. Like I don't profess to know exactly what what's real, what's not. Um, there's there's a couple of buyers where you just sort of need to do, just do a little bit of research into it. Like look at look at the reviews, look see if there's there been any complaints and stuff. And you should be all right. But um, yeah, I think just like I say, the, the way things are at the minute in terms of financially and it, it makes sense that people will buy them and I've got no issue with that. It's what I, what I do take issue with is people that feel that they're a better fan for having an original from say like yeah. the 1990s. It's just oh well I've, this is this is the original from that's great. Like it doesn't make you a bigger fan than myself or or Harry or whoever. Like I just I, that's the only thing that I, I have issue with. But yeah. No bother buying them at all. If, if you have bought a kit off eBay or something and you feel it's fake, one of the big telltale signs, especially with the classic ones, is the middle stripe in the crest. It will be insanely skinny compared to the other two, and that's how you tell. I was speaking to someone at... Um, the A on the brown ale. The A on the brown ale as well. I was talking to someone in, in London uh, down at the, the on Wembley weekend, and um, he was like, oh, I got this top, and it was the maroon and blue top. He's like, it came, it was brand new, it had the tags and all that. And, he, and, I, was lo- and I was looking at the top and I, I spotted it straight away in the middle. I didn't say anything. And he's like, but then on the road down, I was looking through a magazine and I noticed the middle stripe on this. And as soon as he said that, I was like, yeah, yeah. He goes, I will, it's a fake. I'm absolutely like, gutted. I, I was sold this as a real one. I was like, and then I said to him, look, I've I noticed as soon as, you, as soon as I seen it, that it was because of the middle stripe. And he's like, Oh, there's loads of them doing the rounds. Like, yeah, there's tons of them doing the rounds. Sold as real, yeah. but they are they are fake. And you know, it wasn't. There's a few people know, on was... Twitter who will help. There's a few people on Twitter who will help. When I yeah, when I was just like my mate, when I I used to send him photos because he did way more research than I did. And there's um, a few on Twitter as well. Um, I can't remember the names of, but I'm sure if you were to send a photo to someone, they'd go, "Yeah, mate, that's that's real, or oh, that's fake." Well, just, just like we've already said, just be careful, and people will be there to help you, just not the people selling yours. So there was one, and I, I'm going to put this out in the podcast because I, I never found the answer. There was a, a person on Twitter who re, he does restor, restorations of kits, and he was selling a 95 to 96 Grandad collar kit, but on the back it had the shield from the season after. That's, yeah, I think you put that in. And the, he was claiming. Yeah. He was claiming that this was a one-off, only made in Mexico version of yeah. the kit. I've never been able to find anything about it. And the guy's normally pretty legit, and he does he does a thing. So I wasn't going to question him. I wasn't going to buy it for the price he was asking for either. But if anyone listening to this podcast has ever heard of a one-off run in Mexico, of all places, where they had to make the 95 to 96 Grandad collar shirt with the shield on the back from the 97 to 99 kit 
with the with the middle row with the, the well you, we all know the shield on the back it had that on the back um one of the main reasons that i didn't want to go for it was because it had shearer nine on the back of it but the shearer was lined up with the exact it was overlapping the top of the shield so it wasn't in the shield and it wasn't above the shield it was on the top overlapping like the the fringe of the shield um but yeah if anyone listening to this is is heard about this before or knows if this is legit let us know just reach out on twitter at the gallagher shots page and we'll, we'll find out um because i couldn't find anything and i think he was trying to sell something that maybe he shouldn't have been doing there but anyway it seems it i mean it looked wrong it looked very very wrong right boys we've been going for a lot longer than we said <laughs> so so much for an hour so much for an hour and ten um but hope you've enjoyed wow. this one um we will be back in a couple of weeks when the season comes back after the national break for another episode of canny chatter um hope everyone's enjoyed it if you do like this uh give it a five star rating on apple podcasts or on spotify or whatever you're listening to this on um and while you're there just click on our YouTube page and give us a subscribe. We're trying to hit 10,000 subscribers. And once we do 10,000 subscribers, keeping it on kits, they will be doing the Battle of the Kits goalkeeper special. People have been asking for that for a long time. 10,000 subs. I think we're at 9,710 when I last looked. So we haven't got many to go. So if you listen to this and you're not subscribed to the YouTube page, go and do that while you're there. But thanks, Harry. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, Joe. Hope everyone's had a good time with this one. Uh, I'm now going to go and try and edit this to something that's a bit more palatable for everybody. And uh, we will see you all in the next Canny Chatter. Thanks, sir. Cheers, everyone. See you later. Don't know why I'm waving. Podcast Network.